Wow. It's nothing like his presence. Speaker's not supposed to get up and start crying, but there's something special God's doing in this place. Something powerful. There is something tangible. There's something purposeful that God has chosen. You see, God moves. God is everywhere, but He always chooses somewhere. God is is with everyone, but yet He chooses someone. And I want to prophesy right now that, right off what Pastor Justin said, this is a move. This is a move. That there's infrastructure being set up in the natural right now for a move of God. That there are inroads and outroads happening in this area that are setting this place up for a move of God. There are upgrades happening in the natural because there's upgrades happening in the spirit. Amen? And you guys have, uh, are stewarding, are uh, uh, hosting, uh, are being intentional in welcoming God, not the way you want, but how He is. Not just what He does, but who He is. And this is so beautiful. I walked in and, and I'm like, wow, this is a move. And it's easy to see an oak tree, but it's hard to, to lay hold of an acorn in the midst of an oak tree world. And God's giving you an oak tree. But it's an acorn form, amen? And it's all about stewarding and being intentional and welcoming who He is more than what He does. And, and I just want to right off the bat, Leon and, and Justin, I just want you to stand. Because... God says, I've turned the Pandora's box into an alabaster box. And what was chaos, God says, I've created as covenant. And what was opened that could have wrecked you, God says, I've broken so it may restore you. And this is the house. This is the house of of the broken box. Because God is pouring out the precious for the purposeful. He's pouring out the perfume that is going to be that of sacrifice, but incredible reward. And I see the Lord saying that He's brought you in a time such as this because it's alabaster box. 
It's the broken for the breakthrough. It's the perfume for the purpose. And God has, has raised you up because He's breaking the box. He's breaking the box of religion. He's breaking the box of, of tradition. He's breaking the box of restriction. He's breaking the box of everything that is held back and restricted. God says is open. And I'm giving you the keys. God says, I'm giving you the keys of a move. And I've postured you and positioned you in this area. Because over 25, nearly 30 years ago, there was a move in Dingley. There was a well that was dug. And the Lord says, I've brought you to redig the wells. I've brought you to redig the wells that are not just going to have a, a citywide impact. But God says, from this place, a nation will be turned. From this place, nations will come. And God says, I've, I've upgraded the infrastructure. I've upgraded the highways and the byways because that's how people are going to congregate. That's how people are going to gather, not just to come, but to be sent. And this will be a place that will be marked by unusual signs, will be marked by unusual moves, unusual, but it won't just be a move. God says there will be moves upon moves upon moves upon moves. And as the season comes and as the season turns, God says there will be seasons of breakthrough. There will be seasons of outpouring. There will be seasons. And God says people will come and people will go, but it's not a going to leave. It's a going of sending. For the price you've paid, God says, what was acquired and required is in your hearts. What was acquired and required is in your hearts. And He's setting you up. And He's stepping you out. And He's stepping you up. And God is releasing you in this season to be a people presence, a people of promise, and a people of power. So good. Yes, the Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you that you don't speak to tease. Yeah, we, don't, we thank you that you don't tease, that you don't set up and watch us miss out. You're a good father. You're a perfect father. So we just lean into what you are doing. Let those who have ears... Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Yeah, thanks, Holy Spirit. Thanks that we just acknowledge that we can listen and not hear. And we thank you that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Jesus. We thank you that your words are life and they're spirit. I thank you that you bypass intellect to touch hearts. Thank you, Jesus. We thank you for learning and education and becoming and knowing and knowledge, and we honor that, and we have that walking side by side. But we thank you, God, there's things that you can't do through our mind. I thank you that Paul says love surpasses knowledge. Love surpasses knowledge. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen? Need your help this morning? Is that okay? So if I say anything that's awesome, 
Can you tell me? It's not for me because we're doing this together. Is that okay? Thank you. Get out. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. No, it's just, yeah, let's just do this together this morning. Um, thanks to Mitch and Judy for putting that clip together. Let's clap them. A little bit of effort with a six and a half minute clip, um, putting words together and stuff. And Judy's done another five, I think, prophecies, which we're going to um, play probably another one next week. And then in January, we'll, we'll relook at them and remind ourselves, because Jeremiah had to remind himself when he was walking through the destruction of Jerusalem, the city he wept and prophesied over. And he said he wanted to eat gravel and it was in ruins and he didn't, and he was confused because it was like, you know, Jeremiah 29, 11, yeah. you know, this is the thing I got for you, but it didn't really look like that. These are the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And it didn't look like that. So the one who prophesied it had to remind himself first, oxygen mask first. So you can encourage the person next to you. And he said, I recall to my heart, Hebrew, mind, heart, that's what it means. I recall to my heart, therefore I have hope. I recall to my heart, Therefore, I have hope. And if we do that, we don't defer hope. And if we don't defer hope, our soul doesn't get sick. And our spirit is calling up our soul all the time, leading, and we're growing. And that's the renewed mind journey in the context of the finished work. The finished work is yes and amen, everything now, green light kingdom now. We're going after everything we can get before Jesus decides to come, and we don't know when that is. Just by the way, you don't know. So we just go after what Jesus said, because he doesn't mix his words to tease us. He said, I want you to pray like this. Your kingdom come, you will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I say it a lot. Don't let it become familiar. Don't let it become familiar. Fresh, what does it mean for me? So today what we're going to do is we're going to highlight some stuff about next year. We'll probably continue on a little bit into next week with some more words and worship uh, and, uh, and, and some practicals, maybe highlight some, a couple of speakers next week and um, a couple of practicals on how we think it's going to play out. But just want to share some stuff. I've got 90 PowerPoints uh, this morning. I don't. No, I don't. So I said that so when I say I've got 50, it's better. Oh, it's only 50, cool. All right, you ready? So we're going we're gonna, to, we'll just see how we go with this. Scriptures, we're going to highlight a couple of things and, uh, and it's going to be real good. You, you with me? Awesome. All right, let's go. Matthew 1, Matthew 10, 1. Good start. Matthew 10, 1. We sang about this this morning. Jesus gathered, I'm only going to do this once, maybe for the next year. I'm going to ask you to repeat something. Can you say gathered? Gathered. Thanks. I know I, I overstepped the core value. Matthew 10.1, Jesus gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them authority. Wow, we have it. The right over what's opposite to the kingdom. He gathered his 12 disciples and imparted to them, to you, Authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. Challenging. 
but true. So we'll skip down to verse 5. Jesus sent them out, sent the 12 with these instructions. Do not go into the Gentile or the Samaritan territory. Go instead and find the lost sheep among the people of Israel. And as you go, preach this, whoa, preach this message. Heaven's kingdom, sorry. Oh, Jesus. Oh. As you go, preach this message, because there's multiple messages. Preach this message. Heaven's kingdom realm is accessible to everyone. Close enough to touch. Verse 8, you must continually bring healing to lepers. I've read this like 50 times in the last three years. And to those, you must continually bring healing to the lepers and to those who are sick. And make it your habit to break off the demonic presence from people. (sighs) And raise the dead back to life. He's saying it as if it's a matter of fact. Like, (laughs) we've complicated this. (laughs) Freely you have received the power, Greek ability. You've received the ability. You've received the ability to walk in signs, wonders and miracles. Freely you've received the power of the kingdom, so freely release it to others. You won't need a lot of money, travel light, and do not even pack an extra change of clothes in your backpack. Trust God for everything because the one who works for him deserves to be provided for. Whatever village or town you enter, search for an honourable man who will let you into his home until you leave to go to the next town. Great. Verse 12, once you enter the house, speak to the family there and say, God, blessing of peace be upon this house. And if those living there welcome you, let your peace, come on. Religion says, no, no, it's his. No, he gave it to you. John 14, 27, my peace I give to you. So you have his peace. You have his glory. No, no, it's, all, it's his glory. Yeah, it's his, but he gave it to you. John 17, Father, I've manifested your name on the earth and I've given them your glory. Presence, glory, joy, Hope, peace, and every promise and every list is yours. And the authority that you carry is not just for others, it's for you. To speak over yourself. You've been given the right over your mind, your soul, your struggles, your sickness. My knee's stuffed. I need cartilage. I'm not. I'm, I'm using this as an example. There's cartilage in heaven. Is there cartilage in heaven? Is there fullness in heaven? Is there the solution and the answers in heaven? Where are you seated? Jesus' name. You with me? Jesus has just simply described the normal Christian life. I'm going to read something off my notes. Now we may not think this is the normal Christian life because of what we have seen or what is currently coming out from our lives. But nonetheless... Jesus is the one who sets the standard for what the Christian life is meant to look like, not our perception, nor our past experience. Jesus, uh, Matthew 10, 1, 
and then Matthew 5, Jesus gathered them in and he sent them out. Jesus gathered them in and he sent them out. I will get you to repeat one more. Say that with me. He gathered them in and he sent them out. He gathered them in. He gathered them in. He chose them. He loved them. He he poured into them. He believed in them. He imparted to them. He taught them. He led by example. He rebuked them. He corrected them. He challenged them. He called out who they were. He name-changed some of them. He reminded them. He gathered them in. He, he taught them. He let them look at his life. When he was mourning his cousin John the Baptist beheading, he let them in on the journey of his mourning. He went away to a secluded place by himself, but the disciples went there, and then he taught on rest and what it looks like to actually have rest for your soul, rest for your heart. He, he gathered them in, but he also sent them out. He gathered them in, but he sent them out. He gave them power and authority. Let's just go through this. He chose them. He loved them. He saw them. He invited them. He valued them. He called out who they were. He corrected them. He encouraged them. He touched them. He taught them. He imparted. He did life with them. He showed them what the normal Christian life was in the area of presence, health, and influence. He believed in them. He taught them how the kingdom works. He gave them power and authority. He equipped them and he empowered them. He challenged them and he stretched them. He didn't ask them if they wanted to go. He sent them out. He gave them opportunity. He gave them feedback. He breathed on them the Holy Spirit before the day of Pentecost. And he finally entrusted his church to them so then they could continue to gather and send. He gathered them in and he sent them out. The word gather is the word sanago and it means to gather together and an assembly. To gather together an assembly. And because all of those things that I just mentioned about what happens when we gather happens when we gather, the writer of Hebrews writes this, Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 in the Passion Translation. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. Do not forsake gathering together as some are in a habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning, gathering. It's a big deal, gathering. It's a massive deal to Jesus. He gathered them in and he sent them out. The sending was a massive deal to him, but the gathering of believers is a really big deal to Jesus. There's things that can only happen when we gather together. Paul said in Romans 1.11, I long to come to you so that I may impart a spiritual gift so that you would be established. There's something that Paul could only do in a meeting 
that he couldn't do through a letter. There's only something that, that can happen. There's things that God wants to do that he can't do via letters or text or online. He wants to do it in person at your home and among your friends and who we're doing this with. There's something about just being together and gathering. Lee and I and the kids went, went away um, for a few nights a couple of weeks ago now. And um, Jude had kinder on Thursday morning. And, and we had a great time away, put the phone away, which is a great idea. Um, yeah, just turned off everything um, and just didn't engage. And, uh, and then we got back and we had to bring Jude back for kinder and that was great. But, but I said, oh, I'm just, why don't I just take Jude back tonight? We'll just have boys night and you can have girls night um, down the coast and that's great. And we'll come back and Jude and I'll have boys night. And then um, I'll put him to bed and we'll eat what we want and we'll put a movie on and um, he'll still go to bed at 7.30, but that's cool. And then I'll watch what I want. That's a night off. Um, but uh, let's do that. Cool. So we're driving, we pack up the car and we head back down and we, I don't even know what we had for dinner. I think he just chose, it's like yes night. Um, he had three squeezies. <laughs> Sweet. Bit yogurt things. Um, but I just, I just felt, I'm like, even... Though it was cool, I'm like, oh, like we're not together. There was this sense, like, I love time on my own. That's how I refuel, time on my own. Like, some people come alive in crowds. I like crowds, and I can do it, and that's part of me. But to, to, to recharge and restore, give me a night off. What do you want to do on your night off? Be on my own. <laughs> love it. But there was this thing that I was just like, a, it was just a little niggle. It wasn't bad. It wasn't weird. It wasn't. Like a, but it was just like, oh, we're not all together. We just had three days together and now we're back and it's Jude and I and, and, and it's like, oh, I miss, I miss all of us together. Weird. And it's like that. You, you can have family in different states and you come back for dinner. There's something about gathering together. There's something about it. It's like the, the mum of that family would go, it's just great having all the kids together, gathering together. It's a big Deal. He sent them out, but he gathered them in. And it's a really long list, but check out the sent list. I want, I want you to look at the sent list. Is that okay? Because he gathered them in, but he also sent them out. The sent list is a lot smaller. There's so much that happens in the gathering, and there's not as much stuff that happens in the actual sending. So let's check out the sent list. This is the list. You know that you're sent. You going. You stepping out. You applying what you believe. You being bold. You taking risk. You knowing he is with you. You knowing he is for you. And you believing that he will back his word. And then the other really long list is the testimony list of what happens if we do the sent list. And that's a byproduct of first doing the gathering list. He gathered them in, but he sent them out. The results of being sent is a really long gathering list. The early church was all about gathering and sending. It wasn't either or, it was and both. Acts 2, 1 to 4, on the day of Pentecost, when the day... On the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. There's something about gathering. 
On the day of Pentecost, on the day Pentecost was being fulfilled, all the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard a sound of a violent blasting wind rushing into the house from, from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering, it was, it was all anyone could bear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes. It separated into tongues of fire and engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and were inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit, to speak in languages they have never heard. This happened when they gathered gathered before the promised presence was released on them. They were gathered in one place. Acts 2, 13 to 18. But others poked fun at them. There was such an outpouring. It was so unusual. They poked fun of them. They said, you're just drunk on wine. Peter stood up with the 11 apostles and shouted to the crowd, listen carefully, my fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. You need to clearly understand what's happening here. These people are not drunk like you think they are. They are drunk, but they're not drunk the way that you think they are, for it's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is the fulfillment of what was prophesied through the prophet Joel. For God says that this is what I will do in the last days. I will pour out my spirit on everybody. Amen? Amen. And cause your sons and daughters to prophesy and your young men will see visions and your old men will experience dreams from God. The Holy Spirit will come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. That didn't happen unless they were gathered. There's something about gathering. There's something about sending. The gathering is powerful and critical. Acts 1, 5, uh, 4 to 5, Jesus even said this before the presence fell. He gathered them together. He commanded them not to leave. He commanded them to gather together, to stay together. For my father has promised, which he said you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit many days from now. In order to be truly sent, we must be prepared to gather. For us to be truly sent, we must be prepared to gather. Revaluing the gathering. Let's move on. Jesus gathered them in and he sent them out. The early church leaders gathered them in and, he, and they sent them out. Acts 2, 42 to 44. Every believer was faithfully devoted to following the teachings of the apostles. Their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly for prayer. A deep sense of awe, swept over everyone, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. All the believers were in fellowship as one body, and they shared with one another whatever they had. Faithfully devoted to the teachings of the church, their hearts were mutually linked to one another, sharing communion and coming together regularly. And there was a great sense of awe as miracles broke out as they knew they were sent They gathered in together, bouncing around home to home, encouraging and fellowshipping and praying for the move of God that he had promised. And they were going after it. They were going after him. And then we see the 
the sending, Peter and John going to the temple. They were sent out, but the Bible says that they were going at three o'clock in the afternoon in Acts chapter three to pray. So there was miracles breaking out, but they were still gathering. It was gathering and sending and they were going to pray together, encourage each other. And on the way, they knew they were sent. So they raised the beggar to life. And what happened after that? They got arrested because they were stirring it up. They were flipping the city upside down. The Sadducees arrested them and brought them before the court. And they started saying, you cannot continue to preach in this name. You cannot continue to do this because we've acknowledged that stuff is going down. They gathered together. They were sent out. And guess what they did after the miracle, after being arrested? They gathered together again. And they pray. Let's read it and we'll move on. Acts 4, 29 to 33. This is their prayer after they were released from jail and told not to preach anymore. They gathered again together to beseech heaven, to, to call out to Jesus. And they said, so now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. Empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. Stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. As they prayed, the earth shook beneath them, causing the building they were in to tremble. Each one of them was filled with the Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God with unrestrained boldness. Wow. All the believers were one in mind and heart. Wow, look at this one. Selfishness was not part of their community. For they shared everything they had with one another. The apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great measures of grace rested upon them all. They consistently gathered and they were consistently sent out. Gather, sent, gather, sent. Our why is heaven to earth. Our why is heaven to earth. Our how is presence, health, and influence. This is how heaven comes to earth, through presence, health, and influence. Presence is our up. Presence is our up. Health is our in, and influence is our out. Gathering is about presence and health. Scent is about influence. Gathering is about up and in. But sent is about out. Presence, health and influence, up, in and out. Jesus gathered them in and he sent them out. The early church gathered them in and they sent them out. We're starting to land the plane now. Our heart at this church with us still getting used to coming together out of a funky two years of just not gathering, of the ease of online church, and we celebrate technology and the ease of things and the things that the Lord will jump on and businesses will jump on, but there's nothing like gathering together. 
he gathered them in and he sent them out. And our heart for this place is that we would gather in here, that we would gather in homes, that you would gather with Jesus at home, that you would build connections from home to home, that you would develop houses of acts where you gather together and you know that you are each sent out. Our heart for this house is gathering and sending. Our heart is gathering together where we do all the stuff. We teach, we empower, we train, we equip, we hug, we, we pray for, we, we mourn with, we celebrate with, we do life with each other through Sundays and serving and small groups. Gathering, the health and the presence, that's where that happens. The out does not happen here. There's levels of influence and we know that, but the influence, the out does not happen here. It doesn't necessarily happen in your home. It doesn't necessarily happen in your small group. The influence, the sending, the going, the releasing power on people that you've been freely given is the out, is the sending. That's our heart for this place. There would be a church that gathers and sends. So the Greek word for gather is to gather together an assembly and the Greek word for church is ecclesia or ecclesia, however you want to say it. I could do it for Google and they'd say, ecclesia. Um, that was more, anyway. Um, <laughs> so gathering is to gather together an assembly. And ecclesia, the Greek word for church, means a sent out assembly. So gathering is a gathering and assembling of people and the church word means a called out, a sent out assembly. So the very definition of church, what Jesus bled and died for, do a study of New Testament of the church and his passion of the gathering, the passion of the meeting, the Hebrew writers, do not neglect meeting together with everything that's happening the call of heaven to earth and, and righting wrongs and not getting swept up in weirdness, but praying for people and, and tangibly meeting need everywhere you go and not looking at a national crisis, but meeting the need of the person in front of you. So often where I get with... There's too many of us getting swept up in a national crisis. And we're failing to meet the person right in front of us. I am too busy to get caught up in this noise. There's too many people, there's hundreds and hundreds of people around my life that I know or I know of that need a miracle. That is my priority. So in my lack of making statements about national crises, which we haven't done on purpose, I've honestly been too busy with the great need of people that we know and are in our community and we're connected with through friends of friends of friends or associates or businesses that are real people that are in our lives. And I'm sure you've got them as well. And if you don't, you bump into between 10 and 100 people every day. We're passionate about this, to be gathered in and to be sent out. The church, the meaning is a sent out 
assembly. I might read this next one off the screen. Is that cool? So we're going to look at the word. What, what does sent mean? It's the Greek word apostle. Oh, yeah. Could be favorite, favorite teaching right here. All right, let's go. Okay, we're going to read the. I'm going to read it, and you can read as well. Is that cool? The word apostle comes from the secular Roman world, and it means sent one. Roman apostles were not only sent, they had a very specific purpose. The Romans were aggressive about expanding their empire, and they wisely employed Alexander the Great's strategy in doing so. He established the Greek empire by conquering kingdoms and then culturalizing them in Greek ways. Without establishing Greek culture, these conquered peoples would not have assimilated into the new territory, uh, the, the, sorry, the new national identity and government. Likewise, the Romans deployed envoys to culturalize their conquered cities in the ways of Rome. This is where we get the old adage, when in Rome, do as the Romans do. Roman generals called apostles, most often led these envoys with the commission that they bring Roman civilization into these new territories. They were sent to transform the legal, financial, and educational, and all other systems so that the new land would seem like home even to the emperor himself should he decide to visit there. Through the labour of the Roman apostles, new territories became desirable outposts of Rome. It is interesting that when Jesus promoted his disciples from learners to leaders, he did not call them patriarchs. They would have had some idea of how patriarchs lead as an Old Testament model of those who are already in place. Neither did they call them priests, prophets or rabbis because again, there were patterns of order already developed for those roles. Instead, Jesus called them by a Roman title that would forever define their ministry, our ministry and responsibility and authority. Like the Roman armies that first battled for territory and then educated the conquered people in the Roman ways, the apostles of Jesus were commissioned to displace the powers of darkness with the power of God and replace the enemy's authority with the government of God, bringing the influence of the kingdom's ways into every aspect of society. Last one, I think. We see the mission of the apostles expressed in the only model prayer Jesus taught his leaders in Matthew 6.10. Jesus said, pray then, in this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The emphasis in the Lord's prayer is that earth would become like heaven. I think there's one more. <laughs> in the same way that the Romans were to make their conquered cities like Rome, we have been commissioned to pull heaven down to earth until the will of God is done here exactly as it is there. Churches and believers will thrive when they perceive and embrace that their primary purpose is to transform the culture of earth with the culture of 
heaven. Come on. Come on now. So our theme for 2022 is... It's not up, is it? It's not up. Oh, I didn't think it was up. Oh, I didn't think it was up. You don't have to clap, but I, I didn't see a reaction, so I didn't think it was up. S- sent ones. <laughs> sent ones. We've been gathering for four years. <laughs> Love gathering. Actually, we need to value gathering more than we ever have. We need to, gather, we need to value gathering at church and in small groups. This is, this is an old word of, of beating you into doing stuff. This is a healthy word. This is a really healthy word. We need to value the gathering more than we ever have. We need to value opening up our life to people to speak in more than we ever have. We need to value serving in the church more than we ever have. We need to value small groups and meeting together home to home and developing houses of acts where we gather together and we share life with each other. And we're empowered and equipped and believed in and sent out. And really Sundays and small groups is just about sharing testimonies and highlighting some teaching through it. I mean, the goal, the great goal, wouldn't it, would be to come together and to celebrate cancer dissolving and marriages restored and raised kids coming back to life? Would that be the goal? And then maybe Wednesday night we do a big hour Bible teaching that we just love coming to. We'll always teach on Sunday mornings, but we're not gathering around a sermon. We're gathering around His presence. Couldn't we believe that the celebration, that Sunday morning becomes a celebration? We don't wait for them to kick into gear. But we're actually ready to rock and roll because before we've gone through the door, we've gone through the door. He is the gate. He is the door. And it's Christian language and we can nod and agree. But let's live it. Let's go after it. We're being sent. Sent. I love that they didn't just kill and plunder cities. Can the worship team jump up? We're going to go wild. Thanks so much. Gary Morgan's word. He's setting us up and he's sending us out. He's setting us up and he's sending us out. I love that they didn't kill and plunder every city. They weren't all just perfect and good people all the time. Wouldn't even necessarily quote them as pleasant and amazing. But what they did, Jesus went, that's us. That's what we're about. Apart from the kidnapping and the funky stuff that's opposite to the gospel. But that, what, that, that concept of what you guys are about, that's what we're about. Because I'm not just going out there screaming at people to repent. I'm bringing the culture of the kingdom, which carries honour and peace and value and power and miracles and his voice and answers to what they're going through and the full list everywhere we go. Sent ones. The goal is to gather in and be sent out. He gathered his disciples in and imparted to them authority to cast out demons and to heal every sickness and every disease. And then he sent them out. 
presence, health and influence is not linear. But often it is. Up in out is not always linear, meaning if you do this, then you'll do this, then you'll do that. So the stumbling block is, I got to sort the gathering and the presence and the health out. Yeah, you do, but not at the expense now of sent ones. Because you're qualified even though you think you aren't. We've all got a list of junk, of stuff we're processing. Peter was not ready, but Jesus stamped him approved and qualified. And we've got a church full of leaders. We've been together a long time. So if everyone was here, I mean, people are whatever, habits, busy, sick. There's a reason why this place isn't full. We've come out of COVID, it's challenging. And some will say, come on, that. But we're in process. But we've got a, we've got a church full of leaders. And if this church full, I mean, I, I'm, just, I'm just happy to turn Sundays into a leadership meeting. in a worship night and a leadership meeting. And we start to welcome people. And they've already experienced church because they've experienced you. And the people that you bring to church, you're not trying to convince them of anything. They've seen your life. So we're going to talk about this next year. What, evangel- what does evangelism actually mean? It's proclaiming the gospel and the good news. No one can come to Jesus without that. But what's the method? What's the, what's the how in that? What's the heart in that? We've moved from intensity into intention, intentional. But we're going to define it. We're going to define evangelism. We're going to define, we're going to learn how to walk in power. We're going to talk about this next week. So I'm going to hand over to Leroy, Leroy Box. Are you good? Sent ones.